0: All right. So, hey, everybody, it's Brian with Harvest Community Church or com. Man, I'm so glad you're worshiping with us today. It's so good to have you here. And uh, I'm looking forward to what God's still going to do in the coming uh, minutes as we continue to worship today. Now, before we move on into studying the scripture, I want to encourage you just to do a couple of things. If you're not getting our Bible bookmarks, you can find those in the links. We'd love to have you have one of those and be walking with us and what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be a person who loves God, who loves Jesus, a person who loves people, a person who loves the people of the world the way Jesus loves the people of the world. We'd love to have you reading along with us in Scripture. And, of course, we'd love to hear from you. And so if you would, would you go online again in the links on YouTube and Facebook, and would you fill out a digital communication card? We love knowing what's new and fresh in your life. And of course, we'd love the opportunity to help you in any way we can. And so whether you've been with us a million times or this is your very first time, would you fill out that digital communication card? You can let us know prayer requests. There's a number of things you can do there. Please just fill that out. If today's your first time or maybe you've watched a few times now and you're... um, you're ready to connect. Would you fill it out if you haven't yet? We would love the chance to get to know you. We would love the chance to honor you. Uh, we won't do anything bad with your information. We promise you that. We'll reach out with a little bit of information about us. And uh, we, wanna, we want to learn about you. And then uh, we want to honor your gift of providing that digital communication card information. And so every time a guest gives um, us that information, we give $5 in your name and in each of your family members' names to our partners at Monroe Middle School. They have a fund that serves families in crisis. We certainly would love uh, to honor you and give $5 in your name, each of your family members' names, to that families in crisis fund to benefit folks right here in our neighborhood. All of that said, I want to just encourage you with a couple of things. Believe it or not, Easter is two weeks away. And so I want to ask you what your plans are for Easter. And I want to I ask you specifically, who are you inviting and who are you praying for? I'm going to challenge you today. Pick three people to pray for to invite to be a part of our Easter services. Our Easter services will be um, online, right, and will be in person. So online on Sunday, Easter Sunday, 9 a.m., and then in-person services will happen um, at our campus, Harvest Community Church's campus, 2700 Gillum Road. Uh, It will happen at the Eugene campus at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. So three services in person this year, 8 a.m., 9 30 a.m 11 a.m and of course we'll have the online service as well where you can invite folks to any of those so that being said um, i just want to encourage you maybe with one other thing related to easter you've probably heard we're doing our easter outreach different this year we traditionally do a very large easter egg hunt that serves much of the eugene springfield community there's often a thousand plus people at that easter egg hunt due to covid and uh, things with the pandemic we're continuing to look for creative ways to do outreach this year we're doing an easter photo hunt. It's a scavenger hunt style adventure for each family that can be done at the family's schedule and the family's leisure. And so there's information about that on our website. It's harvestchurchugine.com. We'd love for you to check that out. If you're a giver, we want to say thank you for your gifts to support our ministry. We recognize that there would be no ministry without givers like you, and that God uses you to continue his gospel reach here in eugene springfield oregon and throughout the world and so we would absolutely like to say thank you for those of you that are givers and um, if you consider harvest your home if you're a guest please don't worry about it but if you're a harvester harvest is your home would you please consider a gift today it makes a world of difference when you give You pray with me today as we uh, continue to study the scripture. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for how powerful and strong your word is. And Jesus, we pray that your word would mold and shape and move our lives, motivate our lives. Jesus, I pray we'd be different because we studied your word today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we began a series weeks, weeks, weeks ago called Stronger. And we've been talking about all this year so far about how to be stronger in our lives. And the reality is that it's not about pulling ourselves up to be stronger or doing something on our own to be stronger, but it's about being strengthened in the Lord. It's receiving the strength that is the Lord's strength. Because after all, the battles we fight in this life are the Lord's battle. And so we're in Ephesians 6, where we've been studying Scripture together. And I want to go back there today. And over the last weeks, we've talked about the belt of truth. We've talked about the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. We've talked about the breastplate of righteousness. We've talked about the shield of faith. And if these don't necessarily make a lot of sense to you, you don't know what I'm talking about, just bear with me. Today, I want to talk about the helmet of salvation. And I want to talk about the gospel shoes or the gospel sandals, the gospel boots. In doing so, I just want to take you to this passage of Scripture again and remind you what it says. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, Finally be strong in the Lord. Literally it says be strengthened in the Lord and in His mighty power and put on the full armor of God. So the picture here is a Roman soldier. Paul was in prison when he wrote this. He was likely looking at a Roman soldier. Is to put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, or not only against flesh and blood. But our struggle is against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything... To still stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. We've talked about that. With the breastplate of righteousness in place. We've talked about that. With your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Here he pictures the boots or the sandals of the Roman soldier. I'm going to talk about those in a second. But just take note here. That the feet that take us into the battle... Are the feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace? It's significant. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. We've talked about that. With which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation. I want to talk about that today. And take the sword of the Spirit, which is... The word of God today. Today I want to connect to you, for you, two pieces of this armor together. The helmet of salvation, because the helmet of salvation, again, represents Christ himself, that it is Christ who protects what is most important, and it is Christ that gives confidence to our lives, and it is Christ who saves us. And I want to connect that helmet of salvation to the boots or the sandals Fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. We're going to study all of this in detail, but I would just remind you that every piece of this armor in some way or another represents Christ himself. Roman helmets were made of tough iron or bronze with cheek guards. Inside was a lining of a sponge or a felt or something that made the weight just a little more bearable. Some of us probably would not have the neck muscles, I bet I would be in that crowd, to hold it up because nothing short of an axe could penetrate this helmet. This helmet had protection for the forehead and the cheeks and it extended down in the back to protect the neck. And when the helmet was snapped in place, it exposed very little besides the eyes, bit of the nose, the mouth, That this was an essential part of the soldier's uniform. Likewise, the the boots or the the open-toed sandals were unique in the way they were designed. That the shoes of the gospel were sandals that had hobnails in the soles, long nails that were to give him better footing for the battle. And so when soldiers with those shields locked together would hold a line and they would take the shoes that were, think about it like modern day cleats are patterned after this a bit. Something that goes out of the shoe and grips into the ground. This was not the shoe they would wear when they were on the march, but it is the shoe that they would wear when they were withstanding an attack or facing a battle. And that shoe had these nails that would go down into the ground that would hold their ground and hold them in place. And he says that these shoes or these sandals, these boots are fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And so I want to connect all of this for you today. And I want to encourage you with this. Please, 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 if you're a believer in Jesus, if you're not a believer in Jesus, I would challenge you to become one today. But if you are a believer of Jesus, and maybe that happened for you decades ago or years ago or months ago, don't let the good news of Christ the good news of peace the good news of salvation don't let the good news become old news to your soul that's what I want to teach you today in fact it's the one thing this message is all about don't let the good news the word good news or the word gospel biblically just means good news it was when they would announce good news They would call it gospel. So don't let the good news, don't let the gospel become old news to your soul. If you think about it, the good news really is great news. But we, as believers in Jesus, sort of acclimate to it, sort of adjust to it. If if I'm super honest, we often envision the good news as Old news. And so we come to our Bibles sometime with this sense of like, well, yeah, but what else? But the good news, the gospel is the main thing. It's the main course. It's it's the most important thing. That Jesus died on the cross for my sins. That Jesus was buried in a borrowed grave. That he rose to defeat death on the third day. Don't let that good, great news become old news to your soul. It's like a relationship. Frankly, it is a relationship. And if you think about it, any relationship, any friendship, any marriage, any dating relationship, any work relationship, any relationship can grow cold if we do not feed it, if we do not nourish it, and if we do not value it. Now, that is not to say that your relationship with Jesus is based on what you do, because it's not. You have to receive the good news, but once you have, your relationship with Him is based on His grace and His grip in your life. But I do want you to recognize that if good news becomes old news to you, where it's like, eh, okay then your heart begins to grow cold to the things of God. And he says that salvation is the helmet that protects us, and it's that helmet that gives us confidence. He says that the feet should be fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel, the good news of peace. Don't let that good news be old news. I want you to think about the helmet of salvation for just a moment. It goes at the top, it protects your mind, it gives your mind confidence. And you take any four-year-old kid, five-year-old kid, six-year-old kid, male or female, and you put a football helmet on them. And in that moment, they're invincible. You know what I'm talking about? You take any young kid, you put a a football helmet on them, and they envision themselves as invincible, like they could run over anyone with a football, like they could run through any sense of craziness. That to a child, a helmet represents a sense of confidence. And what a football helmet will do for a kid in his or her imagination is what the helmet of salvation will actually do for us in reality. Because the gospel, the message of Jesus, about Jesus, that Jesus saves us, it's good news. And it's that helmet of salvation that gives the assurance of salvation and that brings confidence along with it. That whatever happens in my life, that I will be saved, that there will be victory in Christ. And so in a world that is fighting, in a world of, filled with battle, in a world that feels overwhelmed with war, I want you to realize that, that the good news is the good news that Jesus brings peace. And I actually want to show you in the time we have today here in the scripture that the good news comes with three types of peace based on the helmet of salvation and based on those gospel boots, so, the first I want you to recognize is that the good news is peace. The good news is peace. It's Jesus Himself. And because of Jesus Himself, I have peace with God. But the good news is peace. It is peace with God. Romans chapter 5, verse 1, elsewhere in the New Testament says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, who is that faith in? The faith is in Jesus. Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, that's good news. Peace with God, that I am no longer in a battle with God. As we talked about in recent weeks, I am no longer in a place where my standards fall short and that I don't know if God is for me or against me. That as it also says in Romans, when I am saved, if God is for us, Who can be against us? And this brings great confidence to our lives. 2 Timothy 1, verse 12, Paul says, that's why I'm suffering as I am, and yet this is no cause for shame because I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day, the day of salvation, the day of final salvation. That I know whom I have believed, there's confidence there, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day, that it is Jesus who is our peace, that salvation comes from him, Acts 4:12. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind, humankind by which we must be saved. That Jesus brings peace John 14 27 peace I leave with you my peace I give you I do not give you as the world gives do not let your hearts be troubled do not be afraid peace I leave you that he himself is our peace Ephesians two fourteen. for he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one he was talking about Jew and Gentile here and how the, devo- the dividing wall of hostility, the, the, the wall between them, the barrier between them had been destroyed. And so Jesus is our peace. The Bible gives so many examples of peace and is such an important thing to try to understand all that Scripture says. The primary word in the Old Testament for peace is shalom. It refers to the state of being whole. It carries a fundamental meaning of welfare, of even prosperity, of wholeness. It also includes the absence of hostility, which is how we usually think of peace. And so it's a sense of saying all is well. You would notice that the word shalom is present in words in English titles, names in English like Salem and Jerusalem. That those words have at their core the idea of shalom, to make complete the state of being whole. In the New Testament, the Greek word for peace is the word irene, and it refers again to the state of being well, or a, a state of concord, not discord. That it refers to a sense of wellness and to the absence of hostility. That we can have peace in our relationships. That the Messiah is a Messiah of peace. That we can have a covenant of peace with God. What a powerful, powerful concept. That the good news is Jesus himself. And he himself is our peace. That's the first type of peace. Number two, we not only have peace with God, but I want you to see number two, that the good news brings peace, that we can have that shalom, the peace of God. Not just am I, as a believer in Jesus, at peace with God, but the peace that is God's, the shalom, the wellness, the irene of God is actually placed into my life. So that I have the peace of God, the peace that is God's. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 says, Rejoice or choose joy in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So number one, I can have peace with God. Number two, I can have the peace of God. And number three, the good news makes us peacemakers. And so we go with peace from God. That the good news makes us peacemakers. There's a big difference between peace. Makers and peacekeepers. A lot of times we sort of parade ourselves around just trying to make everyone else happy, thinking we are keeping the peace. That's not what he says in the Bible. He says that we are to be peacemakers. That the good news makes us peacemakers, and that we go with peace from God to others in everything we do. He says here. Matthew 5, verse 9, in the New Testament, in the Beatitudes, Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And I would note for you that Jesus himself is the first peacemaker. Colossians chapter 1, verse 19, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Christ, and through, whom, through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, making peace through His blood, Christ's blood, shed on the cross. James 3.18 says that we are to be peacemakers who sow in peace to reap a harvest of righteousness. Everywhere we go, everywhere we do, that we are to take with us the peace of God. That when we go through the battles of life, that we are to take with us the peace of God, that in the battles of life and in conflict with other people, we are to seek the peace of God. Of course, maybe you recognize this, maybe you don't. I don't know that there will be peace in this world until people in this world have peace with God. Because when we have peace with God, then we have the peace of God. And we have the peace of God and we have peace with God. We can then take that peace and be in peace. With others our world so desperately needs it another way of saying this is that our world so desperately needs Jesus and so you and I get to be peacemakers in the sense that as we go into all the world we are to make disciples of all nations that as we go with the gospel the good news that we are to go with the peace of God and so I have a purpose in this life as a believer of Jesus that I am to be nothing less than an ambassador of Jesus Christ. This is what it says in Second Corinthians chapter five. He says, Second Corinthians five sixteen, Paul wrote this again. He said, So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. And if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, and the old is gone, and the new is come. Man, that's good news. And all this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ. And so that reconciliation is a process by which where peace is made. And it's in that reconciliation that we see another picture of salvation, right? That salvation is forgiveness, that the sin has been canceled that salvation is redemption, that I have been bought back by God, that salvation is adoption, that I am chosen by God and brought into his family to be his child. And salvation is reconciliation, where I have peace with God through Christ Jesus. Verse 18, all this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them, or women's sins, right, human sins. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation, and we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us and we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God because, verse 21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We talked about that verse last week. We are therefore, verse 20, God's ambassadors, Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us that to the world. God is making his appeal through us. And so I have a new purpose in this world. God is not ashamed of me, and I don't need to be ashamed of him. I'm an ambassador of the king. An ambassador in their day was one who spoke for the emperor. An ambassador in our American context is one who speaks for the president. I am an ambassador of Christ. And because of this, I would just challenge you with four thoughts here about every Christian. Every Christian should know what I believe, why I believe it, how to live out what I believe, and how to share what I believe. Every Christian should know that. Every Christian should know what I believe, what is the content of the gospel. Because of that, we have many times lately shared what the gospel is. In fact, almost every Sunday, a presentation of the good news the gospel is built in. But you might remember several weeks ago, we talked about what do Christians believe and what makes Christianity unique. It was grace that makes Christianity unique. Next week, we're gonna talk again about salvation and how big that is and why it really matters to know know what i believe number 2 i need to know why i believe it that why it's important to me number 3 i need to know how to live out what i believe how to put into practice the peace the good news that we are talking about here and i need to know how to share what i believe how to share my story so i would just remind you as ambassadors in christ That your story is yours. And a lot of times when we think about sharing Christ with folks, what we think we're supposed to do is give them a speech or a sermon where we have all the answers. And we often think, since I don't have all the answers and I don't know how to explain it very well, I'm going to leave all of that. Well, I'm going to leave it to Brian. I'm going to leave it to the staff. I'm going to leave it to people who are better Christians than me. Not that I'm a better Christian than you. Promise you I'm not. But I'm a, I'm going to leave it to the paid professionals. And here's what I would challenge you with. Your story is yours. Your story of how Christ has worked in your life is yours. And so the Bible tells us this is great. I love this verse. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 15 says, "But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord." And always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This reminds me that God is always at work in other people's lives. And that there are times where people will ask me where my hope comes from or why I have hope or why I am the way I am. And it's an open door to just tell the story of what Christ has done in my life. And if they're asking you questions, they're not going to argue with you about that. Because it's your story. Just be genuine and tell it. One of the things I periodically love to do certain holiday seasons, just throughout the year, and I do this in nearly every one of our new members classes, is I ask you to name or to write down for yourself the name of three people you can be praying for who need Jesus. Three people who need to be invited to be a part of what we do here at Harvest Community Church, who need to be invited to watch online or come in person. And so Easter is two weeks away, and I want to ask you, who are you praying for that you can share what you believe with? Who are you praying for? I'm gonna challenge you, three people. Would you write down, right now, the names of three people who need peace with God? who need the peace of God three people that you can bring or share the peace of God with you can bring it to them would you write it down just ask God right now three people write down the three names that come to mind and over the next two weeks I want you to be praying and I want you to be looking for those opportunities to say hey My church is doing something for Easter. There's something fun for the family. We'd love you to be a part of that. And there's something special on Easter Sunday, and we'd love you, whether online or in person, to be a part of that. Would you do it? Would you bring the peace of God? Would you be a peacemaker? I want to pray that for your life. I always end our services with two prayers. The first is a prayer of salvation. And if you need peace with God today, it can happen right now. Here's how it works. Jesus came. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross for our sins. He was buried in a borrowed grave. But the grave didn't stay full. On the third day, he rose again to eternal life. And he wants to give that eternal, everlasting life to you, to me. And so all we have to do is turn to Him. Admit that we're broken, that we're sinners. Put our faith in Him. Believe that that story I told you is all true. And commit our lives to Him. Ask Him to take over our life. And be our God. Would you pray with me right now and do just that? Say, Dear Jesus. Thank you for dying for my sin. Thank you for the good news. So Jesus, please give me salvation. I admit that I fall short. And I turn to you. And I trust that you died and rose again. And since you're alive, Jesus, be alive in me and take over my life be my God and make me yours. Give me your peace, Jesus. Please forgive me, Jesus. I pray in your name. Amen. That's it. It's that simple. Because all the work was done by Christ on the cross. God wants that relationship with you. If you prayed with me like that just now, maybe for the very first time in your life, would you let someone know? You can let whoever invited you know. If someone invited you to watch or be here, you can then let them know. If, if you didn't get invited by anyone, but you just kind of discovered Harvest on your own, would you let me know? I'm Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at harvestchurchugene.com. Would you let me know? I'd love to. I'd love to talk with you about what it means to be a Christian, about, about what next steps are, about what it means to be a part of the family of God. Let's do it. I always pray to end our services with two prayers. The second is a prayer of discipleship. It's a prayer of application. For those of us who've been believers for a long time, we want to apply this idea, this this thing we've talked about today, we want to apply this to our lives. So would you pray with me, every one of you, would you pray like this? Dear Jesus, thank you for the good news. Jesus, thank you that you are the good news. Thank you that you give peace, that you are the peace in my life. And so Jesus, help me to live out the peace of God that you bring to me. And Jesus, strengthen me so that I can be a peacemaker and help me to bring peace to my own life your peace. Help me to bring your peace to my conflicts and help me to bring your peace to those who need Jesus, who need you, Lord. Jesus, I ask that the good news of peace would stay fresh in my life. Jesus, don't let me Make the good news old news. Jesus, keep it fresh right here, right now. I pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Man, that's good news. I'm so glad you're with us today. I'm so glad you're worshiping with us today. Of course, we'd love to have you at Harvest Community Church any Sunday. We'll continue to be online. We're online Sundays at 9 a.m. We're in person at 9 a.m., 1045 a.m. Remember, Easter is coming up. Easter, will have three in-person services. Those will be at 8 a.m., 930 a.m., and 11 a.m. We'd love to have you be a part. All of that said, I want you to go in peace. And remember this friends, you are loved.